L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I lied going out of that last episode and heading into this one. There aren't multiple Steelers on the top 100 yet. It's, you lied to it's, yourself. I did. I, I because really, you, you would have assumed, rightly as I would have, that there was only one so far. I really thought that Minka creeped his way onto the list, but he has not yet been revealed if he's going to be revealed. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, though. They have gone all the way down to, I believe, number 31. They still have 33. No, they have. Did they get to 30? The link's just not working here on uh, NFL.com. I believe they, they've gone all the way up to 30. They've yet to relieve, to reveal the top 20. Yeah, you're right. They've gone down all the way to 21. 20 through 1, I think, is next weekend is when they do the big reveal on NFL Network. Uh, always a lot of fun to take a look at the top 100. Voted on by the players, so this is peers judging the peers. And uh, I, I think, you know, sometimes you see the peers judging the peers come out a little bit. Some guys get a little higher rated, maybe because they're a little more popular around locker rooms. But I think for the most part, it's a pretty good barometer on how the rest of the league feels about, you know, the top premier talent in the league. Um, but let's talk Steelers. One guy who has made the list so far, no Steelers from 100 to 50. So if there's any Steeler on this list, they're all going to be in the top 50, and I think that kind of makes sense for the Steelers because think about their roster in general. Uh, a ton of star power, elite players at the top end of it. You question about you know the depth of the roster. And number 42, up 15 spots from where he was last year, your defensive captain, Cam Hayward, checks in on the NFL 100. I still think that's pretty low. I still say it's too low. With you. I think this guy has such an impact in the game that – there's only one defensive lineman that you can definitively point to and say that he is much better than Cam Hayward, and that's Aaron Donald, who's, if he's not number one on this list, he's not further than number three or four in my mind. Sure. He's consistently going to be in the top five for the rest of his career now, as long as he keeps playing at this level. But next to Donald, you know, mm-hmm. if I had to pick defensive line and he was gone and everybody else is available still, it's Cam Hayward who's going to go number two for me. So I just think he gets overshadowed <laughs> a bit because. Despite him being such a great player on that Steelers defense and a borderline Hall of Famer, he's never really been the best player on the defense, right? Maybe a little stretch so what, there. So he started his career at the tail end of Troy's. And James. James had like three or four more years left. So maybe when James faded a little bit, Cam took the he reins right briefly. There. But TJ snapped him so fast away right. from him. So it's funny that he's had this Hall of Fame career 
uh, Hall of Honor for sure career. Um, throws his hat in the ring as potentially the second best defensive lineman in Steelers history behind just the great mean Joe Green. And yet he's never really found himself with longevity as that premier number one guy on that defense. It's good to have that problem for the Steelers, but I think I think that factors into him being underrated so severely. Uh, also factoring into it is defensive linemen are usually just nameless faces. I mean, it takes a lot to become a star at that position. Cam absolutely has done that. His last name, you know, the... The um, the father playing at Pitt and, and having an NFL career, Ironhead, that helps obviously get you recognized in NFL circles. Sure. But, you know, you just you don't really think of defensive linemen when you think of stars. You know, you have Aaron Donald, but then that's about it. That's pretty much it. Cam Hayward is certainly in that category in my mind and I, I deserves this ranking. And like I said, probably deserves uh, to be a little higher, especially coming off of the year he had last year. Career high. 83 tackles he had 10 sacks he had 15 tackles for loss and he had 17 quarterback hits third first team all pro selection fifth pro bowl and like we said now he has his highest ranking ever in the nfl top 100 so 11 years in going on 12 and it's like a fine wine for cam hayward he just keeps getting better and better and passing more and more milestones one that he really wants to pass though is that one that ends up with a ring on your finger i think that's a great way to describe him Aging like a fine wine. He really is. He's this guy. Let me look it up real quick. Cam Hayward, I believe, has made the All Pro team and the Second Team All Pro. What each of the last like five years? Let's see. He made it First Team All Pro 2017, 2019, and then this past year he made the Second Team All Pro in 2020. So seven, eight, nine, oh one. Each of the last four out of the last five years, huh? He's made at least the Second Team. All pro. He's made the first team all pro three separate times. And that's coming. He's now turned 33. So that was when he started to turn 29, Tom. Ages 29, 8, 0, 1, 2, and 3, right? Is when he started to make the all pro team. How many times have you seen in an NFL career where it took someone, even though they were still really good as a rookie in his first couple of years in the league? where it took until age 28 or 29 to make your first All-Pro team, but then you made it every, almost every year since that first time. Aging like a fine wine is exactly the precise way to describe Cam Hayward because as time has gone on, he's gotten better, and I do think, Tom, you'd agree with me on this statement, 2021 was his best year of his career. I think so, too. Because Career high in tackles, yeah. Well, because for the first time in his career, he had essentially no one playing next to him on the defensive line, right? At least for his entire career, I believe he was playing with at least formidable names at the at the start of his career, and then as the career went on, Stefan Tuman came into the fold in 2014, Tyson Alualu Tyson came into the fold shortly thereafter, so he was playing with great players for the majority of his career, but it took until the one year where he wasn't playing with anybody. He was playing, he was playing alongside... Guys like Chris Wormley, Montrevious Adams, so many other names, Tom, that you and I have just kind of like blocked out from our memory just because it was so painful seeing Cam by himself last year. But just because he was by himself last year didn't mean that he took a step back. He couldn't handle the pressure. I don't know. Did you get to watch that little, because they do a little three or four minute highlight reel for every time, every guy when he makes the list. Yeah, when he makes the list. And they pointed out, He's making tackles that no defensive lineman should ever be asked to make. And, of course, the one that they used 
for an example, was the one against Justin Herbert where he's running down the field. He's running 30 yards down the field to catch Justin Herbert. If Cam Hayward doesn't put in that effort, that individual effort, Justin Herbert's going into the end zone for a touchdown. Easily, because no one else seemed to be able to catch him or wanted to try to catch him. But the captain is the captain for the reason, and he really did haul his butt down the field. So, one Steelers on this list. I know for certain there's going to be another one. TJ Watt at will least be one. TJ Watt will be in the top ten. I hope at least the top three. Yeah, I do too. Because um, is anyone on offense really? Maybe Cooper Cup. That's about it. Yeah, I mean Mahomes might be up there in the top three still. Um, who knows where they're going to put Rodgers and Brady? They'll probably be sneaking around the top ten as well. Um, I've, Donald I, will be in the top. Can I, three. Can I have a prediction? Yeah, that the top three will include no quarterbacks. At- that's tough. I think they're going to put Rodgers. The top four are going to be Aaron Rodgers. I don't know the order. Aaron Rodgers, Cooper Cup, TJ, and Aaron Donald. That's my projected top okay. four. Okay. I could see that happening. Like Maybe Josh Allen, though. That's tough. Yeah, there's a lot of talented players in the NFL. And again, remember, it's player vote. So might but not. I think TJ... Uh, he's safe. Is, is known enough. I'd say top five probably is is expected. If I'd not... be very upset. I know this list doesn't mean anything at the end of the day, but I'd be upset for him to see him not inside the top five. I would be too. Uh, I I think he's deserving of that. I mean, he broke or he tied the sack record last year and was the reigning defensive player of the year. Uh, so you know, TJ is going to be there. Only other two Steelers that I could see creeping on this list would be Minka and Najee. I just don't know if I'm more confident in seeing Minka than I am Najee. I don't know if Najee has reached that point yet where he's going to be voted in as his peers as one of the the top 20 players in the NFL. I think if Najee were going to creep on this list, it would have been somewhere in the 50s, maybe in the high 40 range, kind of like where a guy like Joe Mixon landed. Uh, But I just I do not see him getting into the top 20 just yet. Although so he last, might he might be a top 20 player. I just don't know if they're ready to crown him that. So last year, Minka in his second time making the first team all-pro with the Steelers, ranked number 52, and that was down 17 spots from number 35 the year before when he joined the team what? 4 weeks into the season for Miami. So this was the first so he went 17 or I'm sorry, he went from 35 to 52. And now in his third year, it was the first time he didn't make the all-pro team with the Steelers. I have a feeling, Tom, he wasn't any better than he was last year. So if he was 52 last year, I have a bad feeling he's not going to make the list this year. I have a bad feeling he's not going to make the list either. And maybe that's just as a result of what he had to do for the Steelers last year, become like a tackler, basically. He led the team in tackling. That's bad. Uh, But I I do see him probably being left off of this list. And then when it comes to... uh, to Najee, you know, he is just not there yet. Although I want him so desperately to be there. I think he should have been on this list. I think he is a top 100 player. But the fact that we're in the 20s and Joe Burrow was the last person named at number 21, do you see them saying that Najee Harris is a better player in the NFL than Joe Burrow right now? I don't at this point. He might be. It's a good point. He might be, though. I'd, I'd be pretty upset, though. To know to accept the fact that again, this list means nothing, right? There, there is no consequence to this definitive ranking by the players. But for Najee Harris to have the season he did with the offensive line that he had in front of him, and not be placed in the top one hundred, 
Whereas there were guys like Mac Jones who did really nothing. All he did was take a great, really great team, really good team around him with a great coach, and do enough to get them to the playoffs where they got they had the same results as the Steelers, right? Steelers got bounced in the first round by the Chiefs. The Pats got bounced in the first round by the Bills. So I'd be very upset. I wouldn't have any problem with him, with Najee not making the top 20, but to not make the top 100 would would leave a little bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that he is definitely at that point in his career. I mean, he was, what, fourth in the rushing last year, somewhere like that, despite averaging less than four yards per carry. No fault of his own. Terrible offensive line that he had to work his way through. But the fact that he was able to get to the point where he was in the top five in rushing yards and eclipsed the 1,000-yard rushing mark as a rookie, despite that fact, is it's so impressive. And the guy just looks like he's poised to take the next step each and every year uh, to becoming an elite running back in the NFL. So I don't think it's going to be long until he makes his debut on this NFL 100 list. I, I'd bet on it probably happening next year. If he doesn't make it this year, Tom... And you see those guys who, where they show the previous year ranking, it goes N.A. because they didn't make it. This guy, I, I can't imagine Najee Harris, if he has just as good, if not a better season this year than he does last year, which I think both you and I expect him to have, I, I can't see him being ranked anywhere outside the top 50. Nonetheless, the top 100 for next year. Yeah, I think that's pretty safe to say. He will uh, he will find himself firmly planted there. Let's take a quick trip around the AFC North uh, before wrapping up this episode. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Cincinnati, I think, is the one place that has the least amount of drama, so we'll start there. I think Joe Burrow will be fine after the appendectomy that he had to go uh, through uh, before week one uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's probably like their biggest question mark right now heading into the season, which is a good question mark to have, or or I don't want to say it. That was a terrible thing for me to say, <laughs> but it's good to only have that kind of a question mark. Just that. Where it's an injury, but not an injury to your quarterback that's not fully recoverable from. It was a surgery. Uh, appendectomies are, are easy to get over. It's just a matter of how long it takes that quarterback to get over it. I well, he ben said too. Ben had one early in his career, and might have came back a little too early, had a real bad game in his first game back from the appendectomy, uh, then ru- bounced back and, and knocked off some rust. Haven't seen him yet in a preseason game. He's practicing no. now, though. Uh, I don't think you'll see him in their last preseason game either. Just don't need to see Joe Burrow really uh, do anything in a game situation. You know the dude's a baller when it starts to count. So probably you know hold off on having him go out there and maybe exacerbate, you know, the surgery and the recovery there. Just wait until September 11th to play him. He will be running out of the tunnel, Steelers Nation, on September 11th, though. Don't get it twisted in your mind where you you talk yourself into, oh, it's taking a little bit while for him to get off the mend on this recovery. We might see Brandon Allen week one. Nah, 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 nah. nah. The only thing I could see maybe it being an issue is the fact that a normal appendectomy, Tom, is when you have it, your appendicitis, your appendix removed before it kind of ruptures. Didn't Joe Burrow say it ruptured inside of him? 
I think it did. So it was emergency appendectomy. So, have you ever had it? I have not. I had mine. It's terrifying to me, though. Every time I feel a little pain, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I was a freshman in high school. It was my first week of high school, actually. It was oh. like that Thursday. And I was scared. To my, I was scared. I was. I felt like I was dying. I, it's I like what? A sharp pain. You're sweating. You have like a fever. It's I, just, I couldn't move. Yeah. It's I, I had to lay down or anytime I had to get up. So you're telling me anytime I feel a slight pain, it's not my appendix. You'll know when it's your appendix. It, it is an insufferable pain, but I don't know what happens when the appendix actually ruptures in you. Because I got mine removed before, before that it happened. actually happened. So that's the only reason why. Well, I know you can die if you let it yeah, go for right. too long. Well, get, but that I'm would be guess... like rupturing, getting infected, and not doing anything, which would be impossible, like you said, because you can't move. So Joe is. I'm sure it's absolutely more of an uphill battle when that happens when it ruptures inside you know what i mean like how long did it take you to feel you know your full self when you sat up in bed or you turned a week just one week and you were totally it was gone it was that the the only reason why it took that long is because they have to pump gas inside of you to to create room to find the appendix okay and that gas has to rise so you went from so you're a little uncomfortable while that so i went from having pain in my lower body around my stomach to pain in my shoulders because that gas has to eva- or leave your body that honestly Tom that that pain from my shoulders was worse mm. than the pain from the actual appendix but again it took one week and I was back you know what quarterbacks throw with it's true their shoulders. their shoulders but that happened what like over a month ago now that the surgery happened right and I he, think he wouldn't be back fine. to practice if he wasn't more than fine so Cincinnati looks like a juggernaut waiting to happen uh, we'll see how that offensive line looks, but they put a ton of money into some legit offensive linemen, so I think they'll be a very, very formidable team this coming season. The Ravens, drama at the quarterback position for them. Lamar Jackson is practicing. He will play this year, no question, but he wants that guaranteed money in his contract. Uh, the Ravens have offered him reportedly more than Kyler Murray got on his deal. Not good enough for Lamar, though. He wants that money guaranteed. This is just being stuck between a rock and a hard place now because I 100% understand where Lamar is coming from. I need that guaranteed money. Look at the style that I play in. Uh, I'm a a reckless kind of quarterback that runs the ball a lot. I have heard a thousand of you media types say how my career is going to have a much shorter shelf life than other quarterbacks' careers because of the way that I play the game. I want to make all my money up front. I want to make sure I have all that money in my bank account if it all goes poof tomorrow for me. I get that. And it's not like he has any like, you know, backing for that kind of um, uh, ask. He won the MVP for God's sakes. So I mean, he's definitely established himself as I need premier money. But I also see why the Ravens would hesitate to give someone guaranteed money that has that short shelf life and and could potentially tear his ACL and and never be the same after week one this year. Like, I totally get both sides of where they're coming from. I don't know how they find a middle ground to this. Um, it's going to have to be a lot more guaranteed money than the Ravens are willing to give them, that's for sure. Um, and I think that the Ravens should probably budge a little bit on that. You can't go all the way with what Lamar demands for it, but maybe meet him halfway and keep that quarterback in Baltimore because he's really all you got right now. A lot of people are are writing Lamar off, but remember, the Ravens were the number one seed last year 
until, despite all of the injuries, until that injury happened to Lamar, and then they lost the rest of their game. They lost what seven in a row, something like something that. Like that. They were close games too that they kept losing. Right, they they lost to the Steelers because they went for two points at the Same very end. Green Bay stayed through the very next week against Green Bay, so they were competitive. Sure, no, they were the one seed until and, he went down. Like he was, he had a really good year last year, and I think people forget it because he got hurt at the end. Baltimore and John Harbaugh, I know. The, the rivalry there, it's hard to, to force yourself to compliment them, but the way John Harbaugh has kind of rearranged his coaching strategy ever since he's had to pivot to a new type of offense that features Lamar Jackson, the guy has done incredible things because, let's not forget, even though they were without Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, who they brought in, was a great answer to fill in that hole. He's a mobile quarterback. He can get the ball out of the pocket, whether it's via his own legs or through the or or, or with his arm. The the the, the Ravens didn't just try to find an entirely new person to just fill that hole. They brought in someone who was Lamar Jackson light and could mm-hmm. do certain things to that extent, so they can keep the offense kind of the same. Right. So Baltimore, I think, with John Harbaugh at the coach in their front office, their front office will look at Lamar Jackson and say. We know how great we can be with you. We know where we stand without you. We know what this offense was right before you came in, right? With Joe Flacco. He was teetering on oh the, God, on the end of his Baltimore they, tenure. They basically ripped up the floorboards when it came to their offense when they made that transition. Right. John Harbaugh changed everything. Yeah. And do you remember that first season before? It was before Lamar's uh, MVP season, right before. The one where he came in for Flacco. That no, 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 no. I'm saying right before that season started. Oh, uh, going into his sophomore John Harbaugh had said, you're going to see this offense perform at a level that has never been done before. And, he and was, everyone was saying, what are you talking about? Well, he was right, right? Because they ended up breaking the record for most rushing yards in a single season. Lamar so Jackson won MVP. But everyone was saying, what are you talking about? You can't just say that because you had, what, five or six good games with one quarterback who's a mobile quarterback who, yeah, people like mobile quarterbacks, but... Given at that time the, the history of mobile quarterbacks, they don't last very long. So everyone was saying, "Oh, give it time. The league will figure out Lamar Jackson." But guess what? They broke that. Ru- they broke that single season rushing record. Lamar Jackson won MVP, and they went fourteen and two with the number one overall seed in the AFC. So I think when you pair John Harbaugh with that front office in Baltimore, they're not going to just say, "Oh, well." You want more money? We're not going to give it to you. We feel just as confident with you as we do without you on this team. Good luck. That's not what they're going to do. I think they're going to. I think they're going to pay him. I don't know how much money that's going to be. Yeah, I don't know what the middle. They're not going to be dumb enough to just say, "Yeah, we're going to let you walk." No, I I think they're going to pay him. I I think he'll be a Raven for the remainder of his career, at least for at least the next five or six years. He'll be tormenting the Steelers as the Baltimore Raven in the AFC North. Uh, Skill position players for the Ravens, though, obviously. It's limited. Still lacking there. Still need somebody to show up and be a dude. Surprised that they traded Hollywood Brown still. I know he's not an A1 receiver, but at least he was a playmaker that brought a different dimension to your game and could get the ball you know, deep downfield. He was a burner. And I know that's kind of a one-trick pony, but when you have nothing else, that's kind of the best trick you got. So surprised that they let him go, and, and really it's just going to be the Mark Andrews show until someone like Rashad Bateman steps up and, and takes the reins as a legit uh, wide receiver target for Lamar. Let's not forget, too, they lost Miles Boykin. They lost Miles Boykin, who's trying his damnedest to be the sixth man on the Steelers receiving uh, depth chart for this upcoming season. Then there's the other guy, 
and the yep. mistake by the lake. And by the way, the other guy getting all that guaranteed money, that's probably a big sticking point in Lamar's head. Like, hey, if we're giving out guaranteed money like this now around the league, how about MVP stay super clean off the field Lamar Jackson? You know what I mean? Sure, so absolutely. He won't be the first one that really demands that more guaranteed money because of what the Browns did with Deshaun Watson. But they'll be without him for the first 11 games of the season. He'll make his debut against the Houston Texans in Houston, which is just poetic. Um, but what do they do in those 11 games in your mind? Do they stay afloat? It's not the hardest schedule that they have to go up against, but it's not the best quarterback that they're going to have out there. They, I think I'm comfortable in saying that until Deshaun gets back, they will have the worst quarterback in the division, despite it being Kenny or Mitch who starts for the Steelers. I think Jacoby Brissett will be number four. Obviously, when Deshaun comes back, Mitch and Kenny go to that basement for now. But they're not going to have an easy path to staying, you know, around 500 until maybe Deshaun comes back and, you know, rockets them into playoff position by going on a hot streak at the end of the season. I think they're going to struggle in that department. And I'm also not willing to just say, oh, say they're a game over 500 when Deshaun comes back, they're going to win five games when he's in. Like, he didn't play for over a year. He's going to have some rust that he has to knock off. You want to just go through their schedule real quick? I know it's really weak, but yeah, go ahead and rattle off. So it's at Carolina. Not a game. They they can win that game without Deshaun Watson. Uh, Against the Jets, they'll probably win. They will win that game without Deshaun Watson. They can beat the Steelers Steelers at home without Deshaun Watson. They can. At Atlanta, they'll probably win that game. game. Against the Chargers, they'll probably lose. That's a tough one. Against the Patriots, they'll probably lose that one too. Toss up. At Baltimore, they probably lose. Probably lose. Against the Bengals on a Monday night. So they get they could get out to a nice start, but then it really starts to sink its teeth into them here. So they have the bye week, then they travel to Miami. They could. That's tough though, in Miami. And then the last one without Deshaun is at Buffalo. Or I'm sorry. I'm just looking at week by week. So it's at Buffalo, they probably lose. I would say so. And then they have Tampa Bay at home, they probably lose again. So they could I could see them starting like four and one, maybe, and everybody being like, oh. Ooh, Browns and, then they float, face, and then just facing and they face Los Angeles, New England, Ugh. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Miami, Buffalo, and Tampa. Yeah, you need Deshaun for those. And then games. when Deshaun comes back with no experience, right, playing in a regular season game after over a year, the schedule is at Houston, as you pointed out. They probably win that game. Uh, at Cincinnati, they probably lose. Home to the Ravens, they probably lose. Uh, home to the Saints, that's a toss up. At Washington, they probably. With that game, he's probably back to playing pretty well at that point too. When you get to the and then it's a season and then it's a season finale in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Yep, so you will definitely get a chance to welcome Deshaun Watson to Acker Stadium this year and make sure it's a loud welcome because uh, that guy deserves to get heckled as much as he possibly can in the upcoming season. But I think the NFL, when they made the suspension longer for Deshaun Watson, you know, eleven games, five million dollar fine. That stings a bit for Deshaun, but it doesn't really do much as far as, you know, hindering his career earnings or hindering his future career playing in the NFL. But what I think it does do is it puts a nice big nuke on the Cleveland Browns season. They said, you know what? You know, this is an absolute mess of a situation. No matter which way we slice this, we keep coming out behind if we're the NFL. Screw you, Browns. You're going to lose this season pretty much just, you know, de facto by having him out for so long and that tough stretch of games that you mentioned after their easy start uh, where they'll probably flounder and, and and lose their season and lose their grip on the wild card race. I also have to imagine, and this might be putting on your tinfoil hat a little bit, but 
Who does the commissioner in the NFL work for? The owners. What are the owners really pissed about? The Haslam's giving all that guarantee sure. money to Deshaun Watson. Let's tank one of their seasons because of it. Also, Dale Law pointed out to me that by playing the minimum of six games, that counts toward his contract year. So by playing the season, that adds, I believe, another $30 million to the cap that the Browns are already over, I believe, So they're just next year. They're just right. putting a nuke on the Cleveland Browns right. this year, which I, I like that strategy because, like I said, you're kind of in a lose-lose when it comes to what you do with Deshaun Watson. There's just no easy answer there, and you— you already undermined the independent arbiter by coming in and saying, nope, her punishment wasn't good enough. So uh, it's time to just move on from this thing, put it to bed. Uh, odd that they came to a settlement on a punishment. You never get that in life. I mean, you can't get arrested and then decide to, to barter down your jail sentence with the judge. But that's what they did. Hopefully uh, move past it now. But, yeah, I think Cleveland, I, I'd be surprised if they don't finish in the basement in the AFC North this year. Yeah, I mean, for those who who take NFL futures, right? Take the the Steelers to place better than fourth. I would. I'd take that bet right now. I just think that Jacoby Brissett is mid, and I don't think that they're going to get more than five wins max out of him in the uh, stretch of eleven games where they're going to be without Deshaun Watson. I just don't see. No. Uh, you know who has looked good, though, is Josh Dobbs in their preseason. Right. Did you watch that game yeah, against the Eagles? he looks really good, but there's just no—he's stuck. There's just no chance he gets that job. It's anointed into Jacoby Brissett, and I know that sure. because Jacoby Brissett didn't even play in that preseason game. So they are they are nailed on with him being the starter in that for uh, Deshaun's absence. What do you think about—I know we have to wrap up, but this just popped into my head. The notion that people are putting out there that they should go for Jimmy G. The Browns. Yeah, yeah I believe— uh, Tanner, Tanner Bob said that. Yeah, a, a lot of people have been saying that. I I don't think it makes much sense. Why I don't it's, know it's why a Jimmy G. Rental. I don't know why Jimmy G. would want to do that. Right, because he'll he be out of just, the job. Yeah. by week twelve. So it's like okay, so I can start on the bench in San Francisco and just be on the bench for the whole year, or I can go to Cleveland and play for eleven games. But I'm definitely back be on, on the, the bench, bench as soon 12. as he comes back. As soon as right. Watson comes back, and, and it's Jimmy G. So just kind of knowing Jimmy G the past five years, he'll come in and the Browns will be like eight and three through that stretch or something like that. They'll be like a really solid team and they'll pull the trigger on Deshaun and he'll just be stuck in that same spot he was in San Fran this time in Cleveland behind a guy who's definitely better than him. There's still a right. little bit of a jury out on Trey Lance. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why. With the Niners giving Jimmy G and his agent permission to seek the trade and then come back to San Francisco and have them work out, you know, the deal. Right. I don't see why Jimmy G would want to go to Cleveland. Well, I don't know I think why Seattle's Cleveland, the spot where Jimmy G wants to go. He just can't. I don't know why Cleveland would do it either, just because you get him for what you would sign him for no more than a one year deal, and then he's gone. You can't even get anything back in return. The only reason they'd want him is if they wanted to if they really felt strongly that they stay afloat and Deshaun comes back, we can push for a Super Bowl. So let's not, let's, you right. know, hey, NFL, you're nuking my season. Well, screw you. We're not getting our season. We're not going to lie over. Exactly. But I think they should just lie over because, dude, I'm going to tell you what right now, and this pains me to say it. They're going to lie over this year and they're not going to be that big of a threat this year. Or next year. Oh, my God. With that, a full season? And a full, healthy roster right. of great running backs, good offensive line, and a really strong defense that's getting younger and better. 2023 early favorite to win the AFC North, probably the Cleveland Browns. I think they would have been and the a favorite. Tough division. I think this year they would have been the favorite if he played every single game, if the off the field stuff didn't happen. On paper, they're probably the best with him at quarterback. You just don't trust 
The Browns, though. You don't trust the logo. You never trust the Browns. That's always the ace that you have in the hole when you're the other three AFC North teams. You can never trust the Browns. The Browns is the Browns. Yep. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. We'll be back with some fresh episodes later on this week. So look forward to talking to you guys then. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opferman, and this was the Steelers Standard. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets real steel offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16 2024 see participating retailer for details